You're listening to Find Your Reason to Live podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Johan Daza, and today we are talking about poetry and typewriters. So the title of this one is In the Month of Rain Unending. Every year I dread the cold when winter comes. November is the doorman who lets that frigid air blow in altogether whimsically, and he lights his cigarette on the fading embers of red fall leaves. My disdain for the cold and what winter brings is all-consuming, and it rocks my very core. It adds more weight to one side of the tipping scale of my mind than the season does itself. I am as the trees, tired, bare, and frail. In the month that rains unending, as it seems when the clouds weep too, the sun does not stop shining light and mending, for soon it will break through. For every wilting sapling that shivers in the frost, there is a spring that comes again and a savior on the cross. All right, hello everybody. This is Johan Dasa with Find Your Reason to Live, and I'm right here with my friend Matt. Postema. Did I pronounce that correctly? You did. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I know Matt, I never pronounced your last name. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is it hard to, for people to pronounce it or is it just me? Uh, a lot, no, a lot of people get it wrong. Yeah. yeah. And today we're talking about poetry. So I thought that was a pretty cool poet last name, you know? <laughs> I don't know how, how you sign your name when you write your poetry. You used your real name? Uh, I just do an MP with like the dots. Oh. So you just keep it kind of secret, I guess. Yeah. See, I, there's a lot of poets that don't use their, their real name. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the poet from Chile, from South America, where I'm from, Paulo Neruda. That's not his real name. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of poets that, I guess, they didn't want their family to know in, in history. So they, especially females, I know that a lot of females writers, they will change their name to male so they could publish. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Yeah, well, there's a lot of famous writers out there that you think they're a male and actually, no, they're female writers. Wow. Because it, it was not allowed for them to write certain poetry. So, yeah, Pablo Neruda's real name um, is Neftali Reyes. And his full name, if we say that his full name is Ricardo Elezer Neftali Reyes Vaso Alto. That's pretty long. Mm-hmm. So I think I like Pablo Neruda much yeah. better. So, yeah, if you guys don't know who that is, you, you should Google him. I mean, um, not because I'm from Chile. No, yes, it is because I'm from Chile. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have a, uh, a famous American poet that you can name that people might recognize? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. I like uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson and um, Henry David Thoreau a lot. Okay, well, I'm going to have have to check those out because mm-hmm. you know talking to you lately I didn't know you were a poet we just having random conversation and I just mentioned that you know I'm doing a podcast and then suddenly you tell me something about poetry and now here we are talking about typewriters and poetry and we were also talking about typewriters um, and you write your poetry in, in an actual typewriter mm-hmm. which is pretty cool so what kind of typewriter do you have uh, I have two. I have a Brother Webster XL 500, mm-hmm. and I have a Smith Corona Galaxy 12. Well, I'm familiar with the Corona brand um, because I remember when I was a kid, um, my parents were still using stuff like that. You know, like even in schools, you know, mm-hmm. you will see those. I know my wife 
she's from Mexico. You go to Mexico and you still see typewriters in offices. Mm-hmm. Like people who have a computer uh, to do their usual stuff. But sometimes they type certain paperwork on typewriters. I think it's kind of cool. It's yeah. very old school. So Matt, you brought some poems that you're going to share with us. And uh, I noticed that you typed in, in a typewriter. Is that something that usually you do or you, you try to use regular paper and pencil? Um, I almost always type it on a typewriter if I can. Um, if I don't have it available, I will write it on paper or I'll type it on my phone. Okay, that's pretty cool. And now that you got some fancy paper, there are two going on. It's just <laughs> just to make it a little more special. Like, and, right. And I feel like typing stuff in the computer is good when you got to fix stuff. Mm-hmm. But that to me is almost like an art. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to the stuff I do. Like when I draw in the computer, I don't feel like I'm really doing an art piece. It's more like I'm doing a design. Yeah. But when I work on paper or wood and I'm using ink, I feel like I'm part of the art. It's yeah. A, it's a little bit different. It's like you're actually, I don't know, imprinting part of you in it. I don't know how you feel about that, but yeah, I, I would agree with that. And. You know, there's there's a backspace button, but you can't delete what you wrote. Um, yeah. So if you make mistakes, you just gotta keep on pushing through. I kind of like that for a for a shirt. You know, mm-hmm. in a typewriter, there's a backspace button, but you cannot erase that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like talking about your life. And sometimes, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Sometimes you cannot backspace what you just did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We gotta think about that. Okay. So nobody, nobody steal our, our idea because I think Matt and I we have an idea for a shirt right now, <laughs> a typewriter and a cool saying under that. So mm-hmm. anyway, so what's the title of this poem that you're gonna read to us? Uh, this poem doesn't actually have a title. Um, a lot of the ones that I write don't. Those shrieking winds scathe the shore and they scar my cheeks with their whispers. The ships float by instead of sailing, and I can hardly hear over the noise inside my own head. A candle's fire flickers where it could not still be lit, but normality has lost all of its meaning to me. You wear your Wednesday smile, and with your hands in the warm embrace of your flannel pockets, you sing. Oh, that song, that melody, and those words took my breath away. In that moment, oxygen was no longer a necessity. If moments like these were mountains, what I wouldn't do to reach their peaks. I have only till the night is over. So right at the beginning of your poem, like I, I started picturing this almost like a movie scene. So it's, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, you, you're describing stuff that I can actually picture right away. Um, so where, where you, you got the inspiration for this one? Is uh, Can you tell us a little bit about it? Um, yeah, I can. Um, a lot of my poems that I, I write, I leave them open to interpretation mm-hmm. because my goal is for them to connect with the people that's reading them. Um, okay. So a lot of them um, have kind of ambiguous meanings, um, but they are inspired from like emotions that I'm feeling mm-hmm. or uh, just moments that I'm going through mostly. Yeah. It's one of the things like I'm reading it and I feel like I'm there. No, I'm like the person. That you kind of describing so that's kind of cool mm-hmm. but i still i'm still trying to figure it out like okay what's going on what am i feeling you know yeah which is cool because i like um poems like that that make you think it's like okay you don't get it right away mm-hmm. which is pretty cool of course you know a lot of a lot of poets you know write from emotions and you base it from emotions um you know and when i 
like for myself, I write music, I write lyrics. And the way I start, I start with a title. So I try to create a theme. But you tell me that you, your poems are driven by emotions. Mm-hmm. So you start with that feeling first. Is that how you you start your, your, your first line, for example? Yeah, in a lot of cases, yes. Um, a feeling or something that I've experienced or something that I've just noticed. So a lot of, a lot of them are um, inspired by nature as well. Okay. Yeah, that is cool. So if I was, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm a kid, I'm a teenager, and, and I'm trying to figure out how to become a poet. Mm-hmm. I've read poetry before, but I have no clue how to start. What would you recommend? Like, what would be, like, some of the steps or something I could, you know, you would suggest to somebody, like, hey, here's some ideas, you know, mm-hmm. this is how... Uh, or describe your process a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some tips I could add would be you just need to sit down and start. Um, it doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. The environment doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you just need to sit down and start writing. And I think it's really important to not be overly critical at the start because mm-hmm. it's not going to be perfect right away. Yeah. And um, I still throw a lot of my poems away. I still... Um, edit them and rewrite them um, if there are pieces of them that I don't like as much Um, so you just have to have patience and um, you can't be too critical of yourself because a lot of times the ones that you appreciate the most um, they surprise you because you've worked on them so much um, and sometimes you feel like giving up on them but then all of a sudden something will click and um, Mm -hmm. it'll work yeah and you talk about patient too um People, are, especially kids, ask me, like, you know, how can you draw like that? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, like, that was not my first drawing. Yeah. That was not my first draft. Um, sometimes we'll draw stuff 10 times, 15 times, 20 times until I get what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, people sometimes forget that. They, they see somebody, for example, performing, singing a song, and like, you're such a good singer, you know? Mm-hmm. But they don't know all the work behind it. Right. And, you know, one of the reasons I doing some of this podcast, you know, find a reason is to be able to inspire people. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're doing poetry this time. And it's like, yes, we want to inspire you to create. Um, but it's not like this. Right. It doesn't happen like this. Um, there's some geniuses out there. Yeah, they can do that. But most people work really hard at their craft. Uh, like when I have to do my drawings, I work hard. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, it, it just happened, and I start drawing, and three minutes, I'm done. It doesn't happen like that. Right. You know, I do a lot of, you know, prep work. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, you know, I remember taking creative writing classes, and it's like, it is difficult. Yeah. You got to put that work. So, uh, Matt, can you um, share another poem with us? Of course. Rolled up sleeves, vices and popped collars, cracked rear view mirrors, slashed tires and crinkled dollars. Forgetfulness lies in my vertebrae, frailty in my figure eight eyes. A forlorn veneer shields my fraying core. Smoke rises from slumped shoulders, fanning a waning smile to the wind. The laborer toils in the plains, beneath outstretched skies. We all come out of our caves, deafened by the sound of our own thoughts. Wow, I like that one. I like that one. I like, I, Thank you. Yeah, I think I could draw that somehow. 
I probably have to read it a couple hundred times <laughs> and just listen to it with music and read it. And I think I, I could come out with a drawing for that. That that one is just my wheels are spinning right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's that's pretty cool. And that one is untitled again. Right. Yeah, man. You just <laughs> people are like you know that that poem by Matt. What's the name of it? He doesn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe I don't know. Um, probably to do that. He used to title a lot, like poem one, mm-hmm. poem two. Have you ever tried yeah. that? Um, Just to- I haven't done the numbering. Um, there are some that I've written mm-hmm. and then afterwards yeah. gone back and added a title. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say probably ninety-five percent of the poems I write are untitled, though. Wow, that that's gonna be hard for us to like search for those poems. So. <laughs> Well, that's then, just my just suggestion. You have to read them all. <laughs> you have to read them all. But maybe, um, I mean, you can always name a book. Right. You know. And I've thought about that too, making a collection. A collection, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a collection of poems. Mm-hmm. And then we can actually find you online, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it's never too late to go back and add a title too. Right. As well. Yeah. And, you know, I've done that before. I actually changed the name of songs that I've written in the past mm-hmm. because after I record it, and the song is done it's like you know what i got a better title and i'm trying to find something very weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes very catchy so mm-hmm. it depends when i if i record something instrumental i i try to find like something different so people will think about like what what is this song about mm-hmm. you know um but yeah um, that's interesting you don't put titles on it we i, I gotta figure this out what you're doing there but maybe by the <laughs> end of this podcast We'll figure it out why there's no titles. <laughs> Pretty cool. But you got you got another poem for us too, right? Yeah. Um, would you like me to read one that does have a title? Well, let me get ready for this title. What's the title? Okay. <laughs> so the title of this one is In the Month of Rain Unending. Okay. Now I know what's coming. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Every year I dread the cold when winter comes. November is the doorman who lets that frigid air blow in altogether whimsically, and he lights his cigarette on the fading embers of red fall leaves. My disdain for the cold and what winter brings is all-consuming, and it rocks my very core. It adds more weight to one side of the tipping scale of my mind than the season does itself. I am as the trees, tired, bare, and frail. In the month that rains unending, as it seems when the clouds weep too, the sun does not stop shining light and mending, for soon it will break through. For every wilting sapling that shivers in the frost, there is a spring that comes again and a savior on the cross. So yeah, I really liked that one. I, I thought that one was beautiful. I can, again, I feel like I can paint that one too. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna have to see that. Yeah, we we we're gonna have to work together on a project somehow I mean we're doing it right now yeah. we're doing a podcast but I think somehow we gotta be able to combine poetry and an illustration or maybe you know this is what we could do is we could have uh, one of your poems and I can have an illustration for your book yeah, yeah <laughs> that would be amazing so because I, I don't know if you ever seen that before like people that illustrate mm-hmm. poems so yeah alright so um, Matt, you got another poem for us. Is this one untitled? Uh, yeah, this one is untitled. Um, let me find it here. Okay, here we go. 
you say the title first and then no, just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Rain falls hard and makes me shiver in this yard. I am broken, but not irreparable. Water stings as it hits my cold skin, but my tears provide a saline warmth to my pain. Goodbyes are beasts of their own that I have not yet figured out how to tame. What is that feeling we have when we hug, exchange a few parting words, take two steps back, one for each of us, turn and walk our separate ways? It's the world spinning too fast for us to keep up. It's the sands of time falling everywhere but on our heads, and with every passing second we realize that if we don't move, eventually it will. That is goodbye. I go to the ocean to say those words, because the waves always find their way back to shore, and I know that soon, hello will too. So this one, is it a love poem? This is just based on a moment. Uh, it's based on a moment. Um, I wrote it um, towards the end of my study abroad trip in Costa Rica when I had to say t bye to some close friends. Oh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, and, and I get that idea. So it's like I'm trying to figure out, like, is he are you saying goodbye to a girl? <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, and, and you get that from that. And you, you were close to the, to the ocean when you went to mm -hmm. Costa Rica. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you went to Costa Rica for for a little bit yeah for four yeah four months four mm -hmm. months were you able to write some poetry down there i mean this one is based on that yeah i, I wrote that while i was there um i actually wrote quite a few while i was there yeah i i feel like it's so important to go places even though for me now it's hard but to be inspired mm -hmm. and um i remember when i went to uh mexico and i stayed there for a long time i was like every day i had ideas just by walking the streets yeah like the old downtown areas it was i was full of ideas mm -hmm. uh and sometimes in, in this kind of area you know grand rapids is nice but it, everything looks similar so i don't get inspired very often but yeah. uh it, by going outside of the country going to other places i it's just you know the creative juices they just start moving a lot so yeah So that'd be my my little tip to people like, hey, you want to be creative, uh, you want to be an artist, you want to be a poet. Actually, go places, different places where you're from. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, if you can go to another country, I mean, it makes a huge difference. I mean, um, do you have any experience that you had in Costa Rica that actually kind of touched your heart to be able to write more or anything specific? Yeah, I mean, I think that one for sure, just the pain of saying goodbye to these people that I spent the last four months with and got to know really well and mm -hmm. um, would just spend every day with getting to know them and um, walking through life with them. Um, that was hard. Um, they were from all different parts of the U.S., so um, yeah, coming back, I knew I wasn't going to be able to <clears throat> visit them very often. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I feel like people, when they travel and they meet people in other countries, they get closer. Mm -hmm. it's, and over here, you know, you can work with somebody, they leave, and it's, it's easier to say goodbye yeah. when you are in the United States, in a mm -hmm. way. Um, because I had the same experience when I lived out, down in Chile. People will go, uh, people, even from here, they had a hard time saying goodbye, too. So, you know, when you're talking about emotions and all of that, you know, um, they're so different. I know we're getting a little bit out of the subject of poetry, but I guess that's what, you know, help us create, too. 
yeah. you know, artists, we we need those emotions to be able to create. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything would be boring. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and um, so today we, we were talking about poetry and typewriters, and I wanted to go back to the typewriter because um, I thought that was so cool. All right, so can you tell me why why you started using a typewriter? Yeah, um, I think I was always just drawn to things that are uh, more analog or mechanical um, mm-hmm. as opposed to electronic um, in the computer or your yeah. phone. Um, I just like the idea of being intentional when you're using it. And with a typewriter, you really have to be because um, when the ink is pressed onto the paper, it's stuck there. And, you know, yeah. there's, there's no computer screen that you look at that you can just erase everything you wrote Um, once it's there it's there and either you keep moving or start over yeah Um, you have to be intentional also because um, it is like pressing the keys on a computer keyboard but it's more than that you have to press them harder right Um, so you need to be intentional with what you're writing and um, you can kind of put that force and your emotions behind it and Mm -hmm. um, yeah just listen to the noise that it makes as you type yeah, and you, you're making me think right now that if we can be more intentional about our daily life. Mm-hmm. Some, nowadays with phones, you know, people spend way too much time looking at their phone. Yeah. And it makes me sick all the time. Like, I'm trying to talk to somebody and they're not paying attention to me. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, you know? Mm-hmm. You cannot connect with somebody, but you can send them a text and they reply. Right, right. <laughs> but you go like, hey, can I talk to you? And they're like, completely lost. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel the same way, you know. Uh, there's a few things that I've been trying to go back and do the analog. Um, you know, the whole, uh, I was doing a lot of digital drawing and uh, went back to do a lot of, you know, ink drawing. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I want to be able to feel uh, the ink. I want to get my hands dirty. Yeah. You know? And when I'm done, I feel like, okay, I actually accomplished something mm-hmm. uh, when I ink uh, skateboard and I look at it it's like you know this is something I actually I, I did and I accomplished when I do it on the computer it's almost like next yeah what's next you know mm-hmm. and I, I, I hear what you're saying you know like being intentional about it about it uh, you know in other episodes that I talk to other people we talk about mindfulness mm-hmm. you know to be able to be able to be present in the moment and do you feel present when you're typing yeah I, I definitely think I do and it's almost like you get lost in what you're doing mm-hmm. um, a lot of times I will just write a poem straight through mm-hmm. um, without stopping yeah um, and I'll wait until I get to the end of writing it to even really realize what I just wrote yeah um, it just it comes out so easily when I use a typewriter um, it just seems so natural to me. Yeah. And I really like the sound of the typewriter, too. I don't know if you got the same yeah, feeling. Yeah, I agree. I um, I remember when I was a kid hearing it, like, some of the old offices and places that my parents would go, you still hear that typewriter in the background. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of cool. I couldn't do it. But I thought it was a, it was a, it was a nice sound yeah. to hear. Uh, it reminds me of old movies too. Mm-hmm. When you watch those old movies, even my super favorite superhero, Superman, mm-hmm. you know, in the first movie you hear it and they're using a typewriter. Yeah. So like the new movies, they don't. Mm-hmm. But in the original Superman, if you guys watch it, <laughs> <laughs> they're using typewriters. <laughs> All right, so 
Matt, you were telling me something. Uh, we were not recording that part. <laughs> and you told me something really cool about the, the typewriter. You, what, what was it? Can you... <laughs> Yeah, um, Tom Hanks is a huge fan of typewriters, and he has an amazing collection of them. Yeah, and uh, you say you wrote a letter to Tom Hanks? No, I, I didn't oh. personally do it, but okay. I know there are people that have written him letters, and he's responded to, I think, almost all of them. Okay, all right. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Like maybe now I feel like I want to type something if I can yeah. and send send a letter to somebody that'd be kind of cool like mm -hmm. sending a postcard yeah but um, yeah I think I saw it on TV somewhere they show him um, at one of those typewriters store yeah and they were mentioning that he was uh, one of the customers mm -hmm. um, yeah there's actually a documentary that you can look up I think it's called California Typewriter which okay. is the name of the shop and uh Yeah, I think Tom Hanks features in it, and uh, I believe John Mayer does as well. Okay, and and that one, where can, where can we find that documentary? Um, I think it's probably on iTunes, and I think maybe Hulu. Okay. But, but if not, um, you can at least Google it and find it. So you guys hear that? If you guys want to learn more about typewriters, you got to look at Tom Hanks' documentary. <laughs> Pretty cool. All right, so we're going to listen to one more poem to end this podcast. The wind asks me nothing, never yielding, never docile. My shoes slip passively across the salt-strewn sidewalks. I search for traction, I find only slick rebellion. I crane my neck towards the sky, letting snowflakes settle down in the hood of my jacket. The air I breathe is more crisp than before, sharp, like strategic, incisive paper cuts along my trachea. The sun finds independence again, after days of harsh dominion by cloud battalions. Palms rotating upwards, supinating reflexively. I whisper, maybe the wind will carry my words farther than my lips ever intended. Winter hearts thaw faster when passion burns freely. And this was written by Matt Postema. So... So when you wrote this poem, um, where you picture all that, it's almost like you're doing the motions. Mm -hmm. Because, it, you know, I'm, I'm listening and, you know, I'm almost, I feel like I'm doing the motions. Like yeah. my hands are actually moving. Uh, like I'm almost feeling what's going on over there. So I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. It's like, are you writing this or are you actually almost feeling it? Oh, I was almost feeling it for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, is it happening in the moment or is something that you... Is it something that happened in the past or is it happening in the moment when you write it? Um, it was something that happened that day. Yeah. Like I was actually outside. Mm -hmm. um, the snow was falling. Yeah. And um, I just took a walk in the woods and um, that's just kind of what I was feeling. Um, just put my palms up in the air and yeah. just took in everything. The, the, the beautiful thing is like the way you describe it. Because you can say that way, and right there is not poetry. Right. But then you took the same 
change the word and then you t take us to that place and i think that's what poetry is it, it takes us to a place that's beautiful that we can actually be there it's almost like watching a movie to me mm -hmm. um that was so cool man thank you for having you know thank you for being with us today uh for your reason and sharing your poetry yeah thank you for having me yep and we'll probably listen more of matt in the future because we're gonna keep talking about your poetry is there any place we can find your stuff online uh i have it on my instagram instagram and your instagram is it is matt underscore postuma so my last name is spelled p-o-s-t-h-u-m-a and i'm glad you said that because i think i would have messed up <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh, and that was it for find your reason to live mm -hmm.